The good news is if you can think yourself sick, you can think yourself well. On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hey there, this is Victoria, and I am uber excited to launch this new Monday series called Brain Power. Each week for the rest of this year, we're going to look at various aspects of your mind and your literal brain, such as the impact exercise has upon your brain, affirmations, how to avoid temptations, and what role your brain has in these mindful pursuits. These are positively fascinating to me. And why are these so important? Why do you even care about this kind of stuff? It's because what you think impacts your brain literally. In other words, you can literally think yourself sick. You can think yourself depressed, distressed, anxious, and unhealthy. When you repeatedly engage in unhealthy thinking, your feelings and emotions will follow suit and then bam, you're behaving the way you think you are. You keep telling yourself you're overwhelmed and your brain will go into shutdown mode, encouraging you to check out, get on the sofa with a bag of chips and watch Netflix. In other words, your thoughts have tremendous impact upon your behavior. But the good news is if you can think yourself sick, you can think yourself well. And in today's episode, I'm going to give you the Cliff's notes on what exactly is your brain. And I'll mention just a few of the anatomical features and functions. You'll take a seven question quiz and be sure to stay tuned to the very end as I offer you a baker's dozen of ways to keep your brain healthy and young. That's right. That's what you're going to get. Okay. So I wish I had my brain model because I just purchased an anatomical life-size brain, you know, out of plastic that you can get anywhere. I just bought one. And so as soon, it'll be here soon. And I'll be sure to have, have it and show you on the videos. But basically the brain is divided into three parts, the hind brain back here, the midbrain, and then of course the forebrain. Now the hind brain includes the spinal cord, the brain stem, and that flowery cerebellum. This particular area is known to control various body functions, such as breathing and your heartbeat, as well as movement. The midbrain is kind of tiny in comparison. It sits at the top of the brain stem. So it's kind of back in there, but at the top. And it controls some reflex actions and is part of the eye movement circuit. Now the forebrain, which you probably know best of all, that's the largest segment and it includes the cerebrum where intellectual activity occurs. The cerebrum is split into two hemispheres, like going back like that. And you've likely heard of left brain, right brain, right? 
Well, what functions actually happen here? Memories, planning, imagination, thinking, and each side of the cerebrum communicates with the other via a really thick track of nerve fibers that help bridge the gap between the two hemispheres. Okay, here's the quiz. Let's have a little bit of fun doing a Q&A. Can you answer these seven questions? Number one, how much does your brain weigh? One pound, two pound, or three pounds? If you said three pounds, you got it. Number two, what is the overarching function or functions of your brain? A, your brain helps you think. B, your brain helps you feel. C, your brain helps you exercise your will or your volition, like to choose. D, your brain initiates body movement. Or E, all of the above. Did you say E? All of the above. That's correct. Number three, what are the cells in your brain called? Answer, neurons. Number four, what is that gap, as we're talking about neurons, that gap that transmits signals between each of those cells, those neurons? What is that gap called? Did you say the synapse? Yep, you're right. Number five, what is the name of the chemicals that are released into the synapse and received by the next neuron? So one neuron, the end of that, boom, it releases the chemical and then goes through the gap. And then the next neuron or brain cell picks it up or receives it. What's the name of those chemicals that go between through that synapse? Those are neurotransmitters. They transmit, right? Your neurons or brain cells use these chemicals to kind of like chat with each other. They're kind of like communicating and talking and transmitting data and information. Some neurotransmitters actually excite and then others inhibit another's cell, another cell's activity. Okay, number six, speaking of neurotransmitters, which ones have you heard of? Acetylene acetylcholine, acetylcholine, I think that's how you pronounce that, glutamate, GABA, maybe not those three, but I bet you've heard of these last two neurotransmitters, serotonin, I think sleep, and dopamine, think your moods. And the last question, it's true or false? Number seven, there are neurons in your gut. That is true. This is why what you eat matters. On one of our Brain, Brain Power Monday episodes, we will chat about the blood-brain barrier and the brain-gut biome, plus all the foods you should be eating to keep your brain uber healthy. Did you know that your brain is plastic? Neuroplasticity, have you heard of that? Well, years ago, the prevalent scientific thought was that once you lost your brain cells, you could never, ever, ever again grow new ones. Big, fat, false. Your body can generate new brain cells. And this is the best news ever. Just like we said a moment ago, if you can think yourself sick, you can think yourself well. If you've tuned into the show for a long time or any bit, really, you'll know that your mind or your thoughts that you think have a direct impact on your brain, on your literal gray matter of your brain. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, for as a man thinks within himself, so he is. In other words, in many ways, by your ruminations, your repeated thoughts, you create the reality that you most think about. For example, if you say you're fat and ugly, 
your brain, this amazing and phenomenal computer-like engine will look for ways to prove you right. And if you keep saying it a lot, like, I'm so ugly, I'm so ugly, I'm so ugly, it's like you'll continue to pick yourself apart with all your, these little minor defects or flaws that everybody has, but you exaggerate the what should be minimalized, really. And you, it, you magnify the, what should be minimalized instead of magnifying the beauty and the creation that you are, according to what God says about you. But your brain will try so hard to prove exactly what you think and say right. And then if you say it a lot, I'm so ugly. I'm so ugly. Look at my big toe or whatever it is that you don't like about yourself. And if you keep fixating on that particular physical attribute or characteristic, then your brain will just continue to hone in on that and focus on that. And before you know it, that impacts your emotions and your feelings and in turn might even impact your behavior. And then all you do is you look in the mirror and you're like, that's all you're going to see. And you'll pick apart any flaws you have, or maybe any slight bulge that you may see. The more you think you're fat and ugly, the more that's all you see. Self-hatred and self-loathing can be overcome. Thank you, Lord. Here's another example. If you say your spouse doesn't appreciate me, like, oh, he does not appreciate me. If you say that, your brain, like a computer engine, will scour your spouse's behavior to prove you right and to say, yep, see, that's what he did. He didn't say thank you after I made that meal. He doesn't appreciate me. Or, yep, mm -hmm, you see what he did? He didn't care that I raked all the leaves in the yard. Okay, do you see what's happening here? You're not going to miss any little thing because you're so fixated on the negative. You're fixated on the thought that your spouse doesn't appreciate you. And that's all you're going to see every little turn of the day, every little tick of a moment that goes by. That's what you're going to see. Your brain's amazing. It's going to prove you right, prove you quote right, and, and help you to find ways that your spouse does not appreciate what you're doing and who you are. So if you constantly find yourself fretting and worrying, or if you're in some state of overwhelm, it's an open and ongoing invitation for your brain to shut down. You are thinking your brain sick. You are thinking your brain's sick and you'll get sick. It's basically what we're saying here. And this is exactly what happened to me back in 2016 when I went through an acute bout of depression. I thought myself into a state of depression. It didn't happen overnight. It happened over many, many, many months with a series of external events that happened in my life and my reactions to them and my thoughts about those. And the more I thought about all these icky things that were happening, the, the more I slid down further and further and further and all the repeated and negative thoughts I engaged daily kept me trapped in distress and anxiety and depression. I thought myself sick, literally. But the good news is, like we said, if you can think yourself sick, you can also think yourself well and healthy. But how? And the answer to that is you change your thoughts. If you want to live your best life, 
you hear that all the time. Hey, live your best life. Well, okay, that's well and good. But if you really want to live your best life, you got to learn to live your best thought life. And that's one of the reasons that I created the seven R's for living your best thought life. And they are free to you. It's a free infographic, one page printable that you can get. It's the seven steps to living your best thought life. And they come as a companion tool to the choose to think, find peace, joy, hope, health, and freedom every day devotional. It's a 365 devotional. You can see here the format, how it's formatted. You've got five sections of the devotional, and it's going to be a, a way to jumpstart your day, jumpstart into the right frame of mind. Mindsets are so important. You, you kind of plug in early in the morning and set the tone for the day so that you really can find joy and peace and hope and health and freedom every single day. And it starts with your thoughts. And the more you practice thinking healthy thoughts, the more you'll process healthy, energizing emotions, and the more your behavior will consequently also be thankful and healthy. Now, you can also look at the thoughts you're having and kind of divide them up. And we're going to come back to the brain in a moment. But what you need to remember is that that your thoughts impact your brain literally. They're changing the chemical structure in your brain. You can literally see thoughts in brain scans. You can see the areas of the brain where thoughts should be active and maybe there's just nothing but darkness there. So it's very interesting, all this energy that's in this brain of yours and how thoughts, your thinking, your thinking patterns actually influence your brain. And, but you can ask your thoughts and a part of the seven R's that teaches you and walks you through each statement or each, each way to think yourself healthy takes you and leads you in that direction. And you do it over and over and over again. And before you know, you're in a habit of thinking, choosing to think and think healthy thoughts, you're in that habit. But if God would never tell you that you're fat and ugly, then who would? right? Who is telling you that? Now I've heard the world quote secularism would say, oh, that's just your ego. I don't know about all that. I'm not a psychologist, psychiatrist. I'm a certified Christian life coach. And I know a lot about personalities and moods and emotions. And I love neuroscience, but you know, I don't know all this stuff that I hear about the ego. To me, it would just be the enemy of my soul who's saying those things. We know the Bible tells us that he launches those fiery darts our way and tries to pierce through our, our shield of faith and, and the helmet of salvation, all those armor, spiritual armor that we're wearing, every element of that, he's trying to, to get in and find a segue in. So if God's not telling you you're fat and ugly, to me, that would be the enemy of your soul, who's a great accuser and a liar, who sets out to kill and destroy every good thing. He's after you in, in those ways, especially your mind and especially in your thoughts. So we don't want to agree with him. We don't want to play on his team or wear a jersey that says we're on his team. So we got to stop that in its tracks. And that's what the seminars will show you exactly how to do. And so what you can start doing is also do just some flipping on that. If you're always thinking my spouse doesn't appreciate me, what if you begin saying and thinking, you know, my spouse does appreciate me. He brought me a coffee the other day, just out of the blue. If you can start 
changing that from the negative to the positive, your brain's going to look for ways to find that. And before you know it, that's what you're going to be seeing. You're going to be trying to catch your spouse doing things that are demonstrative of his appreciation for you. It really does work that way. The more you say, you know, my husband and I, almost every day we say, hey, we make the best team. We are the greatest team. We make the best team. And then time after time during the day, it's like, yeah, we're doing this together. We're a great team. Oh, I'm helping him. He's helping me. Oh, we're a great team. We need to discuss this kind of sticky issue. Always the best team. I need help with this emotional experience I'm having. And he rushes in to help me. Wow, we're a great team. We see it reinforced over and over and over again. Your words have power. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. So we want to speak truthfully. We want to think truthfully, think healthily, speak truth and speak health all the time, as much as we can. So take the negative thought that you're having and switch that over to a positive and look out for your brain to prove you right. If you start reminding, reminding yourself that nothing catches God by surprise, that he encourages you not to be afraid or worry, and that he even goes so far as to tell you what to think in Philippians 4, 8, won't the tension of daily living lighten up a bit for you? Won't you find a bounce in your step again? And if you repeatedly remind yourself of who God says you are, what he says about himself and your trial or your situation, what it, then that hardship that you have, won't you find the burden easing up just a little bit? Of course you will. Your thoughts matter and they influence your brain. So if you haven't gotten your devotional, I hope you get a hold of this today. I've got a special surprise coming out. I can't announce it yet, but it's coming down the pike. Has to do with the devotional. It's $17.99 on Amazon. If you want to order 10 or more copies, I have a special uh, reduced rate, a discounted price for you for that kind of investment. If you want to give it to your friends, start a book club, do a uh, like a Sunday night group and just talk about it or do with a friend for accountability or just give to other women friend in your life who might enjoy it then contact me at choose to think at gmail.co about the special discounted price for 10 or more copies i'll be sure to get those to you before christmas but now i want to kind of move into some of the the more meatiness of it i think i've established the fact that your brain is an amazing amazing part of the human body. I think I've established the fact, and science would support this, the Bible, of course, has been talking about it forever, that your thoughts matter. And you can think yourself into a particular mood or a particular emotion, and all of those moods and emotions will in turn drive your behavior. So I think I've presented that well enough to you. And now I want to go into how do you take good care of your brain so that you can keep it young and vibrant and robust and energized properly because inflammation can occur in your brain. Certain chemicals and really icky things can work their way through that blood brain barrier and have a negative impact on your brain. So what can we do in order to keep our brains healthy, vibrant, and young? And this, these 12 tips plus one bonus is coming from a Harvard Medical School article that I read. It was just released this year. And I'm going to give you some of the 
just the, the quick, you know, one, two, three of, of all of these. Number one is to get mental stimulation. You can do anything that keeps your brain active, mental gymnastics, work puzzles, study a new language, go drive to work a different way, put your socks on a different way every day. The habits that you tend to be into each and every day when you get up, change those up a little bit. Just do something to make your brain work in a different way. You know, we're creatures of habits. We get up at the same time. We press the button on the coffee machine. We come upstairs with a newspaper or we read our devotional. Uh, we do just these things. Then we take a shower. Then we get dressed. Then we start working, blah, 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 blah. It's the same thing day in and day out. So your brain is very used to that, very comfortable with that. But why not shake it up a bit and make your brain come alive just by doing different things. You can even draw and paint and do things, hand-eye coordination thing. Number two, get physical exercise. Using your muscles also helps your mind, all right? You're bringing oxygen-rich blood flow directly to your brain, and that's so important. It spurs the development of new, new nerve cells and increases the connection between those synapses that we were talking about, those little gaps between each of the neurons as they're putting those chemicals across the gap over the bridge there. And, and, you know, we want that to be healthy. We want that, that bump to bump, that electrical little current that goes, we want that to, to be smooth and easy. Exercise is a benefit for everything, your blood pressure, your cholesterol. And you know what? You can combine both the first one, the mental gym, gymnastics with physical exercise, like do sports that have a lot of hand-eye coordination, like pickleball. You should try that ping pong, even just anything that you're using with your, your hands are really going to help. Number three, you want a healthy mind. You got to have a healthy body in the sense of improve your diet. If you eat that Mediterranean style diet, where you're going to get lots of fruits and veggies and fish and nuts and unsaturated oils, then you're really going to avoid cognitive impairment and dementia. So what you eat matters. Remember there are neurons or brain cells in your gut. There's a big nerve called the vagus nerve that goes right between your brain and your gut. So we, it's like a mega highway and your food matters. So choose wisely. My hardest thing to avoid is sugar. And oh, that gets me because I develop a craving for sugar and sugar in large amounts is not good for your brain. Okay, a young and healthy brain, how to get it, improve your blood pressure. That's number four, because high blood pressure, especially in midlife, increases the risk of cognitive decline in older age. So again, try to stay lean, exercise regularly, don't drink alcohol and reduce the stress if you can and then eat properly. Number five, improve your blood sugar. You know, diabetes is an important risk factor for dementia. So again, it's like nailing down the same things. It's everything that you know, but when are you going to start doing these things? If you really want a healthy brain, literally, then it starts with your doing things that will help you get there. 
if you're going to, you're not going to be able to bake a cake without the ingredients. Well, you have the ingredients on how to live a healthy lifestyle. All you have to do is mix it all together and stick it in the oven. And that's exactly what you have to do in your life. You have to do them. You can't just hear about it. Listen to this podcast. And think, yeah, you know what? I really should take a 20 minute walk every day and enjoy the sunshine. You can think that all you want, but you need to start acting on some of these thoughts. Also, um, let's think about number six, you can improve your cholesterol by keeping your brain healthy. It's going to help you to live longer and have that younger kind of brain. And, you know, again, we're a lot of times when you hear people talk about the brain, they're talking about Alzheimer's and dementia. So many studies are out about the impact of our food and our lifestyle on these particular diseases. And if you can improve your cholesterol, something that I actually really work hard on controlling, then that's going to help keep your brain younger and healthy. Now, this is another one. It says, consider low dose aspirin. Okay. Again, you should consult your physician on before you make any radical changes, of course, to your lifestyle and diet. These are just my suggestions and things that I actually do personally. So make sure we know that, but you might want to ask your doctor about taking a low dose aspirin. Number eight, avoid tobacco. Tobacco hurts in all forms. Number nine, don't abuse alcohol because excessive drinking is a major risk factor for dementia. Number 10, care for your emotions. I love this one. It says, I'm quoting now, people who are anxious, depressed, sleep deprived, or exhausted tend to score poorly on cognitive, cognitive functions tests, function tests. Poor scores don't necessarily predict an increased risk of cognitive decline in old age, but good mental health and restful sleep are certainly important goals. Number 11, protect your head. Yeah, it means literally. If you're going to go out biking, wear the helmet. If you're going to go rollerblading, wear the helmet, okay? You don't want to get a concussion. And the last one I also love, it's about building social networks. Strong social ties have been associated with also lower dimension and a longer life expectancy. And I promised you a baker's dozen, which would be 13. So the 13th reason how to keep or way to keep your brain healthy and young and robust would be to read the word of God. Because how are you going to ever get that lasting change that you really want, that transformation that you long for, the peace, the hope, the joy, the, the optimal health emotionally and physically? How are you going to get that without reading the word? Now, you're thinking, okay, plenty of people can get that without reading the word. But my my position to you and what I'm trying to impress upon you is that if you really want lasting change, lasting change, it's going to start with your thoughts and your thought life. And we've got to have something, some source of truth in order to say, yes, this is true. It's not true. This is an accusation that's false, or this is something I need to work on. We've got to have a resource for that foundational truth in our lives. And that comes by way of the Bible. God speaks about you a lot. He tells you just how much he loves you. He even tells you in a way how to think and feel what to think about. He actually speaks about those things. He will over and again, he says, do not fear. So as Christians, we ought not to fear, we ought not to be anxious, and we're living in a time where anxiety, depression, stress is out the wazoo. I was even at the dentist recently, and the dentist said that they're having more patients who are requesting 
the night guards because they're grinding their teeth or they're just they're gripping their jaw and clamping down as they sleep which is just chipping away and destroying their their teeth and it's because they've never seen it's unprecedented amounts they're something's happening now and some of this is as a result of quarantining covid and just the the hardships that we've had as a culture as a society even worldwide over the last few years i'm sure that's in, in part part of it but you and i know that we have one source of truth that never changes god was he is and he will be he is the eternal god upon whom we can build the foundation of our our very soul of who we are our character and we've got to make sure that our thoughts line up with who god says we are what he says about himself and about our scenario because that's where you'll find the peace that you're looking for it it you know if i could just Sometimes I feel like I speak out the wazoo just over and over saying the same thing over and over and over again, but I could be the poster child for how that worked. I am the result of choosing to think God honoring thoughts. We often talk about self-limiting thoughts. Well, sometimes your thoughts may limit God. Are you limiting God in your thoughts? Do you really want to engage in God limiting thoughts? don't care about yourself as much as are you limiting God and the impact that he can have in your life. For me, once I began to take my thoughts captive, to think about what I was thinking about, to reject and resist those enemy lies and to replace them with God's truth, everything changed for me when I did that consistently. And to think that because I thought myself into a state of health, that's astounding to me. It did not cost me any money. I did not choose to go on medications. My actual physical doctor offered me antidepressants or hormonal replacement therapy medications, neither of which I ended up ultimately choosing. It was my mentor who said, Victoria, why don't you learn what it means to take your thoughts captive? And that cost me no money, zero money. But the life that it has brought me. Now we fast forward six years ago when I was stuck in that deep depression. And now here I am today proclaiming that God can bring you through that. We rely on him and we rest knowing that he'll do all the heavy lifting in that process. You do have responsibility. You have to choose to think, come on, you have to take your thoughts back, take your emotions back. You can do it. And on the other side of that, if you do it, for a period of say three months, if you consistently come at those negative toxic thoughts, you will be amazed at how that imp impacts your very life. You will begin to walk in peace. You will have hope again. You will have health again. It actually can happen. And that's what I want for you. So that was today's Monday brain power episode. And if you want to ever go deeper with me personally, I offer complimentary coaching sessions where you and I can just jump on a Zoom. We can, or a phone call if you'd prefer, and we can just chat about some of the sticky issues going on in your life. Sometimes it helps so much to have that third party. It's almost like mentoring. You can have a mentoring session, and maybe that's what I should call it just a mentoring session where. I'm going to actually look and listen to you and see if I can't pinpoint some of the 
little traps in your thinking that may be causing you to take a downward spiral. So I would be so thrilled to have a complimentary mentoring session with you. Even if you're my age, we can call it mentoring if you'd like. You know, I have a the dearest mentor friend. She's been my mentor for ages. I just love her. And in my, when I was in my forties, thirties, forties, man, I would call her so often because I needed that charge that she would give me. I needed to vent to her. I needed her wisdom. I needed to know, okay, I've got this issue. I'm at what's in, what do you think? I needed that third party. And now, now that I'm, I'm nearly 60 years old and I don't, I call her seldom. She's always there for me and I'll just shoot her a text and I'll say, Hey, can you chat when you want? But I'm no longer in that, that motive of, of like, Oh, Oh, I'm in a, in a fit where I just, I have to get it out because I've grown and I've matured over the years. And especially over these last six years that I've been taking my thoughts captive, but sometimes it helps me to just say, I want to roll this by you. And let me tell you what I've done. Am I missing anything? That's what I ask her a lot. What am I missing? What am I not seeing? Can you give me that third party view? Can you tell me what's really going on? Do you know what she does every time? she encourages my heart and she reminds me of things that I've forgotten. And recently she said, Victoria, you've had so many changes in your life over this last year. You have, you sold your house that you lived in for 20 years. You got married and you moved into a new home. Those things alone are humongous human being stressors. And you're now adjusting to married life. I've got all these kids and grandbabies, and then we're blending families to a certain extent. My world has opened up just a little bit further, a little bit bigger, a little wider. And so she reminded me of some of those things. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's right. I need to be nice to myself because I wasn't being very nice to myself. Sometimes I can be my own worst critic. I can get down on myself for not completing my to-do list. For example, I also wanted to get this devotional up on Audible. That was one of my goals. And I'm actually not going to meet that goal this year. And that is a little troubling to me because I'm like, wait, that's not me. I meet my goals. I do what I say I'm going to do. And it would have been a, a very good marketing, uh, you know, because I, I just revised the, the edition of the book. And so marketing, it would have been great. And something, a lot of people have asked for that. They're like, oh, I would listen if I could just listen as I, as I went jogging around the block or went on my errands, I could listen and read, but sitting down and reading a tangible book just isn't for me. It's also on Kindle though, so you can't get it on Kindle, but at any rate, you get the idea. So I was giving myself such a hard time on not getting this up to, onto Audible and, um, and I didn't know where to put that really, because I want to advance in my business. I'm trying so hard to grow my business. I'm trying to be in tune. I'm trying to be a 21st century Christian woman that's like you, who encourages you, who, who speaks truth to you and who blesses you with just with these messages and you know, cheering you on in the race that you're running. That's the kind of person I want to be on the Choose to Think Inspirational podcast. I want to be that gal pal, that friend, that mentor who says you can do it. With God, you can do it. 
And so anyway, I had lost sight of some of that. It was just so helpful to chat with her. So you come back next Monday. We're going to have another Brain Power Monday in this series. We've got about eight or nine episodes on tap for you. And be sure that there are going to be new episodes every Thursday, as usual, study of the Psalms, and then a guest, a special guest. There was so many amazing guests to wrap up this year with you. I hope you're enjoying all these guests and that you're checking them out on social. So please stay in touch. If you're watching on YouTube, could you leave me a comment below? Just drop a little comment, give a thumbs up, subscribe if you haven't, share the link with a friend. I'm trying so hard to get a thousand subscribers on YouTube and it's like, oh, how do you do that? And I just keep trying. So I need your help on that. It's just like, boop, you subscribe and that's it. It doesn't cost a thing. So if you could help in that way, I'd be so grateful for that. So until Thursday, I'll catch you next time on Thursday if you catch that episode and otherwise next Monday for a new brain power episode on the Cheese to Think Inspirational podcast. Thank you so much for being here and until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao. It's a wrap, Brain Changer. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.